It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Some of us are outwardly successful, but inwardly feel unhappy and living a life lacking in purpose purpose, and meaning. The Necktie and the Jaguar by Carl Greer can help you discover what's important to you and how to go for it. For more information or to purchase the book, visit carlgreer.com. That's C-A-R-L-G-R-E-E-R.com. Vox Novus, the new voice. Vox Novus, the new dimension. Vox Novus. Thought and movement leaders who will share from their experience and offer tools to help us navigate our rapidly changing world. My name is Victor Furman. Welcome to Vox Novus, the new voice. Can an exploration of both cutting-edge science and spirituality, along with channeled wisdom, help us attain love, peace, joy, and abundance? May these be combined into a practice that helps us cleanse our consciousness and find higher truths. My guest this week on Vox Novus, D. Neil Elliott, combines all of these and explains the truth of our existence in a factual and engaging way. At age 57, Neil was depressed, anxious, and fearful. Searching desperately for a sliver of hope or a reason to keep going, he found a higher road, or more accurately, it found him. As he traveled that road, he discovered a seven-step process that transformed his life. His website is dneilelliot.com, and he joins me this week to share his path of discovery and a new book, A Higher Road, a seven-step process to inner peace, joy, love, abundance, and prosperity. Please join me in welcoming to Vox Novus, D. Neil Elliott. Welcome, Neil. Uh, thank you, Victor. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Neil, your new book, A Higher Road, is a combination of honest and raw autobiography, a series of profound spiritual and scientific discoveries, and a curriculum that allows readers to follow your discoveries and find their own higher road. Let's begin with a little of that biography and the path that led you to a place of desperation and almost taking your own life. Absolutely. Uh, so just a thumbnail here. Uh, I was born in 1960, and I'm the youngest of six children. Uh, my parents were born in the 20s, and there's about two years between each child. Uh, my mom had a university degree, but when uh, the kids started to come, she settled into a uh, home economics uh, position, or excuse me, into a, a, a family caregiving position. And um, at the age of 42, uh, in 19, July 1965, my dad died suddenly from a cerebral hemorrhage. I was five and my oldest sister was 17. So my mom was 
in a quandary. There was no life insurance. And uh, so she immediately, two years after burying my dad, uh, she signed up for a three-year summer program uh, to gain a teaching certificate and began work that September 1965 as a, uh, as a teacher. As a consequence of looking after six kids, uh, she was under a lot of stress and had huge responsibilities. And uh, she, although she could be kind and loving, uh, she had these serious bouts of rages. And uh, as such, we, and I in as well, uh, were subject to periodic physical abuse. In um, when I was 12, uh, 1972, 1973, she remarried and uh, she and I in, uh, moved 500 miles north to live on a remote cattle ranch in the middle of nowhere in British Columbia. Uh, we moved from, you know, kind of city water and electricity and all of those great conveniences that we take for granted to a log cabin with well water, outhouse, wood stoves for heat. It was a pretty uh, primitive existence, 130 miles from the nearest small city. And, you know, although I learned how to <clears throat> brand cattle and break horses and, and I rode my horse every day and did correspondence by uh, high school correspondence by um, uh, on my own, um, I couldn't do grade 11 math. And so I moved back to our family home and lived by myself and finished grade 11 and grade 12. At the age of 20, I, uh, I married and, uh, and then I embarked on a, a university degree and got my professional engineering. Uh, that was a dysfunctional marriage, uh, had two kids, got divorced in my early 30s and uh, met a woman, a uh, beautiful, intelligent, professional woman who I ended up marrying and, uh, and we combined our families. She, had, she was divorced and had one child. So we had three kids. And um, after those kids graduated from high school, uh, we built a beautiful waterfront home. And uh, that was in uh, 2007 or so. And um, the financial, it required us to travel to Vancouver, which was about a four hour drive with ferry. And uh, we had to go in and meet clients. We're both consultants. And that stress, financial stress, and the travel just wore on me. And we put our house up for sale to try to alleviate, alleviate that financial stress. And the market had crashed in 2007, never recovered. And <clears throat> all those stresses together for me just took me to this place of deep depression and asking myself, you know, what's the point? I'm, I'm working like crazy. I work all kinds of hours and, you know, not getting ahead and actually going in the hole. The house finally sold and my wife, got on a plane to go to Toronto, Ontario to visit her brother and family. And I sat down in a little rented one bedroom apartment that we had and uh, crafted a suicide note. Uh, coincidentally, yeah. So uh, kind of that's how that got me to that place. What's wonderful about your book and your story is that you share the books of other authors that were instrumental in your path of discovery. Please tell us about how you came across Anita Morjani's Dying to Be Me and the effect that it had on you. Yeah, absolutely. So in the 1990s, I had consumed spiritually based books by well-known authors, and that pursuit dwindled out uh, in the early 2000s when I embarked on a, on a consulting career. And um, 
in about 2015, due to my deepening depression and desire to feel normal, I went back to reading some spiritual books, some new spiritual books that were out. And I was reading a book by Wayne Dyer, and he had mentioned Anita Morjani's book, A Dying to Be Me. That intrigued me, and I picked that book up and, uh, and read it. I was fascinated by her description of her near-death experience. Uh, for anyone that doesn't know, Anita had a four-year battle with an aggressive cancer that finally landed her in a coma, and she was rushed to the hospital. The admitting doctors uh, told her husband she wouldn't make it through the night. After about 24 hours, she woke up from her coma and uh, declared she'd be okay. And within two weeks, the doctors couldn't find a trace of cancer in her body. And what fascinated me was her description of consciousness. And it just, and it stretched my understanding of, of consciousness. And she had come back with some very specific messages, uh, two of which were, we come from love and we return to love and we're not judged after death. And that, although I couldn't really understand, I could understand it. Uh, it seemed like it was believable. I, I couldn't really grasp the true meaning of that, uh, but I believed it. And what that did for me is that alleviated that nagging Christian doubt that I had about committing suicide and, and going to hell. And so in essence, that book, uh, that learning, at least what I took from it, gave me permission to, to end my life. Um, or not. And, or not. <laughs> <laughs> As we're going to find out. <laughs> so, so there's an old expression, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Was finding dying to be me, as well as the other books that manifested on your path, a reflection of your readiness? Oh, I believe so. Absolutely. I mean, all of the books I read prepared me and opened my mind to explore with curiosity and hope this new blueprint material I had just seemingly come across. Uh, and uh, I was just, I was ready to embrace it and receive it and see whether or not it could alleviate uh, my thinking and my processes. How may our listeners and your potential readers of A Higher Road recognize that they are ready to do this? Well, you know, no matter your circumstance, uh, you know, if you're open to learning and you're curious about new teachings and or perhaps you're pondering things like, why are we here? Is there a God? How can all this evil in the world exist? Uh, or for me, you know, there's got to be more to life than accumulating wealth or struggling to make ends meet. Or uh, in particular, my case, if you're deeply depressed and wondering what's the point, then there's a very good chance that you're ready for a transformational change in your consciousness and in your life. And just for those of our listeners, we have a few listeners who, like myself, uh, until there was a dramatic change in our lives, were very, very, very much uh, left-brained, uh, logical, and uh, following the straight and narrow, and not really resonating with spiritual messages. What's in it for them? Well, I'll tell you um, that that's a very good question. What's in it for them is that if you are open to learning and following this path, you can lift yourself up to connect directly with the divine 
and you come into this whole state of absolute peace, joy, love, and abundance if you follow the steps that I've outlined in my book, for example. And um, in addition, you will learn what we know in science today, and you will be able to understand this gap between spirituality and science. Please share with us some of those works of scientists that shaped your awakening. Absolutely. I'd love to do that. Um, There's a few things. Uh, First, I learned that what we think is true or false, good or bad, is really just a belief. For example, you know, a number of people can observe a specific event and everybody has a different concept of what just happened. And we've all experienced this. And the reason for this is we've constructed our perceptions of our reality, what we believe to be true or false, right or wrong, through our learnings and our personal exposures as we're growing up, observations of other people's thoughts, feelings, and reactions to life as we grow from childhood to adulthood. And although we likely come into this world with a certain mindset, we further shape that mindset through adopting these new beliefs, emotions, and attitudes, and then reinforce them as we grow older. The second thing I learned is that our thinking and feeling can actually alter our biology. Our thoughts and emotions, positive and negative, affect and influence a cell's genetic expression. That's the the work that a cell does. And this is now based in science and in research. And the third thing that I found profoundly um, exciting to know about is that I learned that our thoughts can specifically and deliberately alter our brains. Our new research in neuroplasticity has discovered that people can use their brains to, to ability to adapt and be cured of ailments that previously we thought were incurable. And this again is based in science and research and uh, observation that's been documented uh, medically. And who are some of those scientists that you reference in your book? Uh, Bruce Lipton's one of them. Uh, Sharon Begley is a, was a researcher. The late Sharon Begley was a, a scientific researcher is another. And uh, Norman Deutsch is uh, a scientist, uh, a brain scientist uh, that talks about neuroplasty and, and neuroscience. One of, one of the criticisms of traditional science is the materialistic approach to its understanding of the workings of the universe. How does a higher road examine the seemingly mutual exclusivity of material science and spirituality? Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family vgw group no purchase necessary void where prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus well, that, now that's a great question as well um The teachings offered in a higher road uh, bridge this gap between spirituality and science. And and it does that through this methodical, rational, and logical approach 
that leverages what we currently know and understand about our reality. And what we currently know and understand about our reality, uh, you know, is based in scientific discoveries. And this process takes us on a journey that builds new spiritual awareness and knowledge that fits logically and rationally with what we already know. And when that happens, you start to build new knowledge. And uh, the one thing that it does is it speaks to what happened, what was in existence before the Big Bang, the impetus for the Big Bang, and for the act of creation. And you'll gain an understanding of how and why electromagnetism came into being and how we come into material form. Uh, and science itself, you know, just believes that there was a Big Bang. They don't know what was before. They understand that their electromagnetism exists, but they don't know where it comes from. And what you will learn is you'll learn this and just so much more if you follow the seven steps that, uh, that I offer in a higher road. One of the things that's fascinating to me, and I too have been following a path crossing the boundaries of spirituality and science, is the discoveries in quantum physics and quantum science. For example, in 2009, the discovery that the human body, that every living organism actually produces photons. We, we are all light beings. And something that if you had said that 25 years ago to someone, they would have looked at you with, a, with a, an incredulous expression on their face. But it's real and it's there. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think the, the other thing is that, that goes along with this is we think with electrical impulses in our brain and we feel with magnetic impulses in our nervous system. This is a a known fact, or at least I'm going to say it's a known fact. And what you'll learn uh, through the seven steps I offer, if you follow them, is you'll understand, you'll learn why and how this came about and why and how it is a tool of creation to enable our souls to learn what we need to learn while we're here on earth uh, in, a, in our school. So this leads us to a new understanding of consciousness. How do you explain that in a higher road? Well, in a phrase, you know, we are not matter imbued with consciousness. We are actually consciousness made visible through the descent of vibrational frequencies of electrical particles. Everything that you feel, see, touch, taste, know, is consciousness made visible. And this is fully explained in a rational, logical, scientific-based way uh, in, uh, in the following steps in, uh, in a higher road. And in this concept of this magnetic nature, that also means that we have the tendency, we can attract the good and the positive and the beautiful but based upon our thoughts, patterns, and our consciousness, and our training that we've had since childhood, we could also do the same with the negative. Is that correct? Oh, that is absolutely true. Every experience that comes into your life, every event that comes into your life, be it something that you deem good or bad, positive or negative, you have actually attracted and you have actually manifested. And um, this is... You know, again, because we think with uh, electrical impulses in the brain and we feel with magnetic impulses in our nervous system, the magnetic impulses center and bond our electrical thinking 
and our thoughts and create a life form. And that, and the more emotion we put into that and the more time we spend thinking about that, um, we draw to ourselves. It, it forms these electrical particles that magnetize to themselves a like experience. You had mentioned Anita Morjani's miraculous healing from cancer. What did this path teach you about the ability of each of us to promote healing? What these learnings taught me is that we don't need to heal our bodies or try to make our lives better. We need to heal our beliefs. If we heal our beliefs, bringing our beliefs into line with the divine's true intention for us, the wrong beliefs governing our bodies and lives will dissolve. If you can do this, your every circumstance will immediately come back to the divine intention behind all of creation, which is wholeness, health, peace, prosperity, abundance, and most of all, unconditional love. Absolutely. I remember first reading uh, Louise Hay's books years ago uh, and how she basically gave an, a description as to how each of the illnesses that we manifest come about through our belief system and our thinking. And uh, remember saying that when, when someone would say, for example, this job is killing me, that if they kept up that thought pattern, they would start introducing into their biosystem the elements that would eventually lead to illness and, and destruction. And that if they said cancel, 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 and stop the programming from, from uh, ensuing, that that would reverse that possibility. So it's very powerful the the magnetism the 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 energy that we control within ourselves and that uh, is part of this uh, huge energy field that we're talking about it's very very uh, easy to start reversing the negativity and bringing about the loving changes and it is and you know what i found about the uh, this blueprint document um that I've compiled uh, and provide available for everybody after they've read a, a higher road and decided for themselves that they'd like to embark on this path. Um, it describes it in a way which my engineering mind, my scientific mind to observe, measure and calculate, uh, it just satisfied all of those needs because it's so logical and rational and based in what, what we already know. For example, there's nothing solid under the sun. We know this now from science. At a, very, at a subatomic level, we are all just energy. And what we perceive to be solid is really just a belief that we have that we are solid. And it's part of the tool of creativity to help our souls learn the lessons they need to learn to be able to retain individuality after uh, discarding the ego. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's very powerful stuff. My guest, D. Neil Elliott, his book, A Higher Road, A Seven-Step Process to Inner Peace, Joy, Love, Abundance, and Prosperity. Neil, please tell our listeners where they can get your book and find out more about you. Absolutely. So my book, A Higher Road, is available on Amazon or in your local bookstores. And you can learn more about me uh, on my website, which is dneilelliot.com. That's D-N-E-I-L-E-L-L-I-O-T-T.com. And we'll be back with more of Neil after these words on the OM Times Radio Network.
the best of the holistic, spiritual, and conscious world. Om Times Radio, IOM FM. Om Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. Om Times, co-creating a more conscious lifestyle. Dad, I picked up your pills, made your lunch, and your laundry is done. When you care for a loved one, you take care of everything. But are you taking care of yourself? Find free care guides at aarp.org slash caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Back on Vox Novus, my guest this week, D. Neil Elliott. His book, A Higher Road, A Seven-Step Process to Inner Peace, Joy, Love, Abundance, and Prosperity. Neil, how may this teaching help us to lead more purpose-filled lives? Well, there's two things. Uh, First is that when we actually know why we're here, and what our true purpose is, we can start to center ourselves and make a decision to be more proactive in terms of achieving that purpose. And for me, when I finally understood the true purpose of every soul's journey here on earth, I've strived to bring myself into alignment with our true reality, the reality of unconditional love for everyone, And I have a burning commitment and desire to be a kinder, better, more loving and understanding person. I want to personally express every facet of the golden qualities of divine consciousness to everyone and everything in my environment. And and my wife can tell you, I am not perfect. I am still a work in progress. So it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time. We have lots of ego baggage to discard. And uh, that takes some uh, energy and effort and dedication to make that that happen. But I can tell you, it does happen. Just takes the time. You have to know how to do it. You have to understand why you're doing it and uh, and then put your mind to it and you will get divine assistance and it will uh, and you can do it. And simple acts of kindness, smiling at someone, saying hello, thanking someone for some type of thing they've done for you and small gestures, just little acts of kindness are, are so magical and wonderful. And they are. And especially when your thinking is in alignment with that act of kindness, your thinking and feeling is true and uh, is a real expression of that act of kindness. When I got involved in the spiritual part of my life back in the 1980s, There was an expression, energy flows where intention goes. What lessons did you learn about the power of intention? Oh, wow. That's a great question, Victor. Uh, Thank you for that. Um, You know, what I learned was strongly held intentions, desires, or purposes through our thoughts create these blueprints of our future experiences. Our feelings magnetize these blueprints by drawing energy particles together to bring this driving intention, desire, or purpose into visible manifestation. 
So you, you and you alone create these blueprints and the eventual manifestation of each of these blueprints brings into your experience both its happy side and its dark side. One you just had mentioned a few minutes ago. And <clears throat> when you actually learn how and why this is true in the mechanics, the scientific mechanics that, that underlie this, you can learn how to gain control of your life you can ascend in consciousness through the teachings that you will learn and you can create these positive life-giving consciousness forms that bless you bless the environment and bless all that surround you absolutely you know a lot of listeners may be thinking to themselves how am i going to learn and grasp all of this information Neil offers this amazing curriculum in a higher road in the form of seven steps. I know how strongly, Neil, you feel about readers taking in your entire book as they engage on the path, but can you share a couple of ideas as to how these steps unfold? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll tell you, the reason that I, um, on the book itself, so the book is designed to, if you read it cover to cover, you get to understand the processes in its entirety. And, and you'll get some learnings out of that. You'll understand the process of its entirety and you can make a conscious choice about whether or not you want to, whether this is for you and it's going to work for you. And if you go back and start with lesson number one, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to stretch your consciousness and we're going to do this by laying a foundation. And we're going to do this through some scientific learnings. We'll stretch your consciousness and uh, we'll share this uh, near-death experience by Anita Morjani. The second step, I'm going to reveal to you this blueprint document, this material that I had just come across, got presented to me, really. And it is the basis of all of the learnings that bridge this gap between spirituality and science. And in that, you're going to reflect on your life. And you're going to really, truly write down only for yourself whether or not you know, you're really happy and joyous with life or, or whether you'd rather be done with it. And uh, you're going to get a clear capture of that and you'll put it in a note and you will uh, put, lock that away. It's for your eyes only. <clears throat> the next thing you're going to do is you're going to cleanse your consciousness of all of this negativity, all of these things which cause you pain and harm and others pain and harm in your life. And then you're going to rebuild your consciousness with uh, the golden qualities of divine consciousness, I'll call it, and those are in true alignment with from where we come. You're going to learn, the next thing you're going to do is you're going to learn a specific meditation. And that meditation uh, is a little bit later in the learnings, uh, but there's a reason that it's where it as is in those learnings. You'll learn how to do that, and that meditation will enable you to get divine assistance in your cleansing and your rebuilding. And then you're going to kind of go back and you're going to do some of these steps again, and you're going to do them over time and you're going to spend some time on them. And you will eventually with dedication, um, you know, come to a new uh, experiential learning, understanding and experience. Sort of like a wash, rinse, repeat. Sort of like a wash, rinse, repeat. Absolutely. <laughs> now, one of those foundational teachings are the letters. 
How did you come across them, and what was the profound effect they had on your path? You know, it's interesting. I came across them just by happenstance, but of course, everything happens for a reason. I was searching for a document, uh, the IM discourses, and I just happened to come across these, uh, this document, and I was in a deep, dark place. Like I was seriously on the verge of suicide. I was looking for anything that could alleviate my current thinking. And um, so I was open to anything. I was truly at an open place. And although they are branded in a way which would, I normally would have, you know, run from, um, I, was ready to, I was ready to read them because I was looking for anything. Uh, the letters themselves were channeled to a woman in her 80s who was specifically uh, born to receive them af after, you know, she had been through a lifetime of trials and tribulations and learnings. They are incredibly logical, rational, and they leverage our current scientific understandings that we have today, and which made them undeniably believable as I read them, because they fit and they meshed with science that I knew, that I know, um, you know, that we've proven to ourselves. Um, and they were just so profound, and they offer these teachings that just are for me i call them truths this 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 compendium i've pulled together is a treasure trove of of truths and uh they just they were transformational for me were there more to these channeled works after the initial letters yeah absolutely there were the initial letters and then a few years later there was a number of articles that were produced and these articles um are reinforcements to things that you learn uh, through going through these letters. And then later on, there were three separate messages that were uh, delivered on that build upon the knowledge and spiritual growth that one obtains after digesting, absorbing, and practicing the teachings in the letters. Now, I understand that the original materials were a little more complicated, they were not paginated properly, and so on, and that you've given the listener the gift of formatting them in an easy-to-read way. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. I've uh, compiled all of it. Some of this material you can't find anymore. I happen to find it through a bunch of uh, archived web searches and stuff like that, but uh, the, the site is no longer made. The sites are no longer maintained. Um, the woman is, uh, she may no longer be with us. She was 103 this year, so uh, she may have passed at, at this point. Um, and they are in a state that uh, you can read them, but they're difficult because they're very dense and just the formatting of them makes it difficult. So I've taken all of this material, I've created this compendium of material um, and uh, I've formatted it in a way which has more white space, makes it easier to read. And is this something that, let's say someone has a Christian foundation or a Jewish foundation or a, a Muslim foundation or whatever their religious upbringing and the religious foundation and faith base might be, is this something that everyone can identify with? I believe it is. Uh, this, this information transcends all religions in the world. Uh, now, devout, uh, I'll pick on Christians for the moment, and, and, and that's a, perhaps a poor choice of words, but someone who is very devoutly religious and is not open to learning new things, 
may not accept the this information. But um, I have a couple Muslim friends that um, you know uh, are devout, and they actually me up on this and they wanted to learn more. They were open to learning more. They read them. They very much enjoyed them. Now, I'm not sure whether they have uh, continued on with their learnings, but they did not reject these at all. And in, in many ways, it's not the, A Course in Miracles that many of our listeners may be familiar with, but the concepts and some of the ideas are like those of the Course in Miracles. And I haven't read A Course in Miracles. I have listened to uh, some other people. I have some friends that are. And I think the concepts likely are the same. I th think the big difference is that um, there's going to be new teachings in this material that is not available in A Course in Miracles. And it's going to be explained in this logical, rational, scientific-based way, which is, for me at least, is easier to understand and fits with what I already know, so it makes it easier to believe. Absolutely. You describe the process, really, as cleansing our consciousness. Is that what this is about? It is truly about cleansing our consciousness and rebuilding it to be in alignment with from where we come. I think I had shared with you when we were offline that in the 1980s, uh, while I was on my search for my reopening of my spiritual path, I should say. I attended a series of gatherings here in New York uh, by a woman, held by a woman who were, was in her 80s at the time, very wonderful, loving woman. And one of these evenings that I attended, uh, the material that was being presented didn't quite resonate with me. And apparently she picked up on this and noticed that. And then uh, before people were leaving, as people were leaving, she took me on the side. She said, would you mind waiting for a few minutes? I'd like to speak with you. And I said, of course. And when everyone was gone in a very loving way, like a motherly way, she came to me and she said, Victor, I see that you were a little bothered by the materials that were shared this evening. May I share something with you? And I said, of course. She said, Victor, God does not require that we be holy, but God would love for us to be whole. That changed my entire focus, this concept of wholeness, of embracing that which resonated with me. And I just want to share with our listeners, when I read your book, it resonated with me and reaffirmed many of the wonderful things that I've been given an opportunity to be exposed to since the 1980s. So thank you for doing what you do. Oh, well, and thank you. And, and uh, I, I love what you've just said. I mean, that is just, that is so true. That is so true. Uh, I believe that as well. Um, and uh, thank you for your comment. That's, that's lovely. In your book, you share the importance of that daily meditation as part of the process. I run into a lot of people who say, I can't meditate. How would you answer them? Oh, well, you know, that's interesting. Um, I had, for a number of years prior to this, uh, tried a number of various meditations and, you know, they kind of worked, but didn't really do anything for me. And I think one of the key things I was missing was I didn't really understand what the true purpose of meditation was. So I found it useful that um, these learnings actually teach this. And that is to enable your entire consciousness to move beyond the boundaries of intellect and reason. And the 
Only through meditation are you enabled to still and quiet your mind completely. And when that happens, divine consciousness can enter your brain cells, bringing its own knowledge into your mind. And, and it can continue then and help dissolve the flaws of ego from your brain cells and your nervous systems. And as you learn this meditation and as you go through this process, what happens is that you will impress new brain cells with new knowledge at the top of your head underneath your skull. And it takes quite a while, but if you dedicate it in purpose for it, you, you will feel an opening at the top of your head. And I didn't know what that was. It felt kind of strange, but I just, I kept on with doing what I was doing. And finally, I realized that, oh, this is this opening that's happening. And when that opening started to grow for me, I started to feel the inflow of divine energy into my head. And when then eventually what happened is it flowed into my chest and into my solar plexus and then in, and throughout my entire body. And I describe this in the book, in my book, uh, A Higher Road, of, of how this uh, happened to me and, and what that felt like. And for people that say they can't meditate or they can't still in quiet in your mind, I can tell you that I would have said the same thing. But now I can tell you that with understanding what you're doing, the true purpose of meditation, and having this focus, you will over time with dedication, you will learn how to do this, and you will be able to meditate, and you will be able to benefit and reap the benefits of, of these meditations. And they are just absolutely magical. I can't well, I describe get, them any other way. <laughs> absolutely, Neil. My guest, D. Neil Elliott, his book, A Higher Road, A Seven-Step Process to Inner Peace, Joy, Love, Abundance, and Prosperity. We'll be back with more of Neil after these words on the Ohm Times Radio Network. Humanity Healing International is a small nonprofit with a big dream. Since 2007, HHI has been working tirelessly to bring help to communities with little or no hope. Our projects are not broad mandates, nor are they overnight solutions, but they bring the reassurance that no one is alone and that someone cares. To learn more, please visit humanityhealing.org. Humanity Healing is where your heart is. So I'm a cat, and I just moved in with this new human, and she's got this little toy she's always playing with, all day long. Tap, 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 bloop, bloop. She can't put it down. There it is. Oh, and get this. She even talks to it. Last week, she asked it for Chinese, and guess what? Egg rolls showed up, like magic. Humans have cool toys. A person is the best thing to happen to a shelter pet. Be that person. Adopt. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the shelterpetproject.org. Back on Vox Novus, my guest this week, D. Neil Elliott. His book, A Higher Road, A Seven-Step Process to Inner Peace, Joy, Love, Abundance, and Prosperity. Neil, does humanity need to learn to see through the eyes of children again? And how may parents impart the fundamental ideas that you share to their children? 
Oh, wow. Uh, yes, yes, I absolutely believe we do need to see through the as if we are a young, small child again. And the reason is we need to free our minds of ideas and beliefs and prejudices, such as a little child, before they're indoctrinated with human belief. This process enables you to be open to new ideas, concepts, and learnings without prejudgments or preconceived notions. And when that happens, you can adopt and understand and learn and be filled with true treasures. I call them true treasures. Treasure of the highest knowledge and a process with clear instructions that if followed can bring you new spiritual insights and transform your life. And this process will bring you absolute peace, joy, love, abundance, and prosperity. And I can say this because that's what I've experienced by following this process. And when parents understand this information and adopt it for their daily living, then they can teach their children these principles and concepts. And if, and if the children are young, they can teach these things early in their lives. And this will free them from a, I believe that this will free them from a future burdensome existence, struggles and pain, and, and allow them to live happier, more joyous and fulfilled lives. Um, I think it's key. And what lessons can our children teach us? Oh, you know, that's a fantastic question. You know, when you, if you can just stop and pay attention to your child, you know, they are just so open. They're, they're always asking questions. Uh, they are open to new experiences and to learning. They're not afraid. Uh, they look at things and they observe things that, um, we may consider mundane. Uh, they are just, you know, they see stuff that we no longer pay attention to. They, they stop and smell the roses, so to speak. And they're fascinated by the uh, intricate designs and details of life itself, you know, that you can see in flowers and trees and bees and insects, etc. I mean, I'm sure you know, you remember this from a childhood, like just possibly lying on the grass. I remember laying on the grass and just wondering about, you know, this, these beautiful dandelions, for example, or versus the grass and, and other things that are growing and just how did these things come about? What were some of the other fundamental revelations that the path you share in a higher road brought to you? Oh, you know, okay. So I'll run through a few, uh, that, cause I've thought about this. It's, I think the first is our true purpose in life. Like, why are we here? And, and why are we experiencing what we're experiencing? Uh, we're not alone. We're always, always supported and maintained in perfect love, whether we know it, feel it, or whether we don't. Um, the other thing is, you know, every soul is unified with every other soul. Every soul is perfect and comes from unconditional love and returns to unconditional love. The reprehensible things that we do to each other is not the actions of the soul, but the actions of the ego. The ego is a tool of creativity, and it will continue to do these things until we wake up. The soul wakes up and realizes what it's doing to itself. And when it does that, it can embark on its journey to cleanse itself of ego actions and reactions and return to its true destination. 
and that true destination, absolute unconditional love. We are not here to please God. We are here to express God. Now, when you understand all of these learnings, you'll know why everyone behaves as they do. And you know that whatever they do against each other or even themselves is required for them to eventually find their path to the light. It's their struggle to the light. And um, yeah, I think the other key one is that every one of us, if we desire, and if we put the time, energy, and effort in it, and we know how, we can connect directly to the vine. And when you're ready and you know how to do this, you can do it and you can begin your journey to return home, your true destination, which is unconditional love. And when you do that and you fully transcend the ego, you will not have to be reincarnated again and you can step into the light and let your real life begin. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's a wonderful lyric from the Moody Blues album, Question of Balance, from 1970. It's from the final piece on the album. The song is called The Balance. It was written by Graham Edge and Ray Thomas. I believe those lyrics will resonate with you and our listeners. May I share those with you? Oh, please do. I'm looking forward to hearing this. (laughs) After he had journeyed, and his feet were sore, and he was tired, he came upon an orange grove, and he rested. And he lay in the cool, and while he rested, he took to himself an orange and tasted it, and it was good. And he felt the earth to his spine, and he asked, and he saw the tree above him, and the stars, and the veins in the leaf, and the light, and the balance. And he saw magnificent perfection, whereon he thought of himself in balance, and he knew he was." And he thought of those he angered, for he was not a violent man. And he thought of those he hurt, for he was not a cruel man. And he thought of those he frightened, for he was not an evil man. And he understood. He understood himself. Upon this, he saw that when he was of anger, or knew hurt, or felt fear, it was because he was not understanding. And he learned compassion. And with his eye of compassion, he saw his enemies like unto himself, and he learned love, and then he was answered. Just open your eyes and realize the way it's always been. Just open your mind and you will find the way it's always been. Just open your heart and that's a start. Wow, that's beautiful. And that's amazing for... 1970. I was going to say, that must have been written late 60s, 1970. Wow. Right. The music of the Moody Blues, for me personally, that's my favorite music. And uh, every every message, you know, people hear rock and roll. It's not rock and roll. This is spiritual truths in every one of their albums. They're just absolutely beautiful. Thank you you for I've listened to all the Moody Blues. I've never actually, I don't think I've stopped to actually digest those. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely. And the song beautiful. question, the lead song question written by Justin Hayward is my personal anthem. I heard it first when I was 17 and it's engraved in my heart. We can share that another time. How does the path you share in a higher road bode for the future of humanity? Oh, wow. You know, if people embark on this journey and they individually transform 
their lives and come into their true reality. The more we do this, more we will attract other people. You will become a beacon of light for other people and they'll be curious about it and they'll ask about it. And when this happens and you share and they do it, you know, and it happens to a critical mass of people, humankind will come together and express through us everything that divine life is. We will give unconditional love to everyone and to everything. We will save our planet from human-driven annihilation, fulfill our true purposes in life, and create a new era of love and peace throughout the world. You know, it is not the color of our skin, our education, our material wealth that divides us. It is the consciousness that dwells within that divides us, that causes the animosity, pain, distrust, and hurt. And if we can get beyond that and express the divine, unconditional love to everyone, regardless of what they are doing to themselves or others, we will bring this world into a new era of love and peace. That's what I believe. I say amen to that. Thank you. Thank you so much. What message would you share with those who are looking for that higher road in their lives and then for our world? I would say be open and take a chance. Read a higher road. Understand the process in its entirety and decide for yourself whether it's something for you. If it is, go back and start with either the scientific books or start directly with step one. If it's not for you and you've bought a print copy book, I ask you to please just pass it on to somebody else, a friend, a colleague, a family member, uh, and, and pass it on without any colorful commentary. Perhaps just a, uh, you might find this book interesting. I read it. Uh, you know, I think uh, you might find it interesting too. And let them discover for themselves whether or not this material, this information rings true for them. You can never judge the inner reality of another person. We all put on this facade. We all act. We can all hide things, what we're really thinking and feeling, even though we come across very kindly and generously uh, in, uh, to our external environment. And it's the inner reality of another person that, um, you know, because you can't judge it, you never know whether these kinds of processes and, and this book, for example, will enable them to embark on a transformational change in their consciousness. So I would say give it a chance, read it, and uh, decide whether or not it's, it's going to work for you. If you embark on this, know that it may take a year or more to feel the peace, tranquility, joy, and love that you long for, but that, but that time's going to pass anyway. So a year or two from now, you can look back and say to yourself, either I did it or I wish I did. And that choice is now up to you. If you did decide to embark on this journey, you, you won't be alone. You will get divine assistance. And I want to, no matter your choice, my heart and hope for you is that you follow this path to the freedom and become a beacon to others, that you choose to help initiate and create a, a new era of love and peace in your personal experiences and throughout the world. And if you choose not to follow this path, that's okay too. There's no right or wrong. There's only a choice. 
Absolutely. My guest, D. Neil Elliott, his book, A Higher Road, A Seven-Step Process to Inner Peace, Joy, Love, Abundance, and Prosperity. Neil, one more time, please tell our listeners where they can get your book and find out more about your work. Yeah. So uh, A Higher Road is available on Amazon or in your local bookstores. It's available in paperback or ebook, and uh, it will soon be out in hardcover as well. Uh, you can find more about me uh, at dneilelliot.com. That's D-N-E-I-L-E-L-L-I-O-T-T.com. Under the menu item, my book in, on that website, you can sign up to receive a free chapter. If uh, you would like to do that, I'll e- email you a free chapter. And it's the first chapter that describes uh, what you're going to learn in the book and the structure of the book. Uh, and uh, I wish everyone... Uh, success. Uh, and, uh, and I hope that uh, this book resonates with readers. And, uh, and although I know the metrics of sales is what's going to tell me how many people are reading this book, the true reality is that the number of people that read this book, it's not going to be measured by sales, it's going to be measured by the number of people that read it. That's, that's where the true success of this book is going to be. So again, if you have a copy in your hands and you've read it and you decide it's not for you, please pass it on to somebody else without, uh, without commentary or colorful commentary and uh, let them discover for themselves whether it's going to work for them. Neil, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your message. Uh, thank you, Victor. It's been a pleasure. Uh, I, I very much uh, enjoyed our conversation. And thank you for joining us on Vox Novus. I'm Victor, the voice, Furman. Have a wonderful week. 